0: Proverbs 29.2 observes a fact, a fact about the result of influence in a culture for good or bad. It says, when the uncompromisingly righteous, those who are godly and in right relationship with Almighty God, when they flourish by increasing in number and in authority over the land, the people rejoice, but when the wicked rule, the people groan as if in mourning. This is Dennis Peterson, and thanks for joining me again today on Reclaiming Your Legacy. Well, there is a lot of groaning and complaining going on about the wicked, the corrupt and compromised immorality of all kinds going on at every level of society, particularly in the ruling class. It's natural to look at that, as most of us always have, and complain about the influence of wicked rulers. But there's more to it than that, much more. When you return from a day at work, or out shopping, or driving on the highways, or just interacting with the general public, would you say that the God-fearing, morally pure population of your country is flourishing and increasing in number? Remember, all that must happen for evil to flourish in a culture is for the good people to keep quiet and do nothing. Light dispels darkness. It's not the other way around. A 2020 Barna survey of Americans found that while 51% of American adults said they have a biblical worldview, only 6% of American adults actually hold this worldview with core biblical beliefs. You know, basic things like, Jesus is the sinless and eternal Son of God. The Bible is totally true in all its moral principles, and salvation is on the merit only of Christ's sacrifice. Yet a 2020 Pew research study discovered nearly two-thirds of Americans, 65% actually, believe that UFOs are real and that intelligent life exists on other planets. So did you catch that? A whole lot more Americans believe in extraterrestrials than believe in the God of the Bible. What have they been listening to? How could they be so off track? In a 2020 interview on CBN News with pollster Dr. George Barna, that was recorded early in the COVID pandemic crisis, it appeared most American Christians were motivated by fear and seeking solutions from government rather than from God or the Bible. Hearing that, do you think God's providential appointment and removal of national rulers, like it says in Daniel 2.21, might correlate with the spiritual and moral temperature of the population base? History has tended to reflect that a generation gets the leadership of its own making. Yet you would find it difficult to find even 10% of our nation's church leaders laboring to influence their congregations with biblical insights to inform their decisions on how to vote in local and national elections. Perhaps the groaning and complaining that we're experiencing these days should be more appropriately directed toward those we've entrusted for our spiritual education. What do you think you could do differently to make a difference in your own community's backyard? Maybe you could put in a good word to your pastor to start with. Could it be that God himself is allowing modern idolatry to run its course until the people cry out for God's intervention? If we think that might be even remotely possible, then what are we doing to prepare for the harvest of souls who will need to be discipled much more biblically than the traditional churches have done? Are there indications that God is using the current crisis of dictatorial government intrusion into the lives of citizens to declare all the word of the living God more boldly. And by declaring the word, I don't mean only shouting John 3.16 to a crowd overwhelmed by an ocean of noise. I mean every true believer, every true follower, every true disciple of Jesus personally getting their diakonia, ministry assignment, from the Holy Spirit and strategically working in Koinonia fellowship with their local ecclesia or assembly of every true faithful believer, and doing it, like it says in Acts chapter 9, verse 6. Without the help of the mainstream news, you've no doubt heard reports about the most amazing public display of unity for any cause in Canada. Cheerful, freedom-loving, hard-working, and determined truck drivers are rallying to do more than voice their dissent. Investing days of tireless journeying across Sub-Zero Prairie, over 50,000 truckers and hundreds of thousands of fellow Canadians are doing what every faithful father and mother would do for their own family. They're demanding truthful, honest integrity from their nation's leadership. They're fighting to preserve their God-given freedoms. Many of them are God-fearing believers and not ashamed to declare the love of Christ out in the open. Let's listen to a beautiful four-minute tribute for the Freedom Trucker Convoy. I hope you take the time to watch this summary of what's happening right now across the whole nation of Canada as over a million Canadians informally convened their capital in Ottawa, Ontario. This is the biggest protest in Canadian history. But it's much more than that. Citizens are rising up against the COVID tyrants and criminals. Let's listen.
1: In the annals of human history, a time comes but rarely when a nation awakes to freedom, to liberty, to truth, and to a new beginning. This is such a time. You, the truckers of Canada, have brought hope back to a nation languishing in the long night of tyranny and oppression. You've made our grandmothers and our children smile and dance again. You, the truckers of Canada, have made the songs of freedom soar and sound anew from mountaintop to shining sea, from P. I. to B.C., and from our great white north to our teeming border south. Your roar of freedom has reverberated across our towns and our cities and has been heard around the world. Canada is cheering you on. Our American brothers and sisters are cheering you on. And we know that from every continent, from every global outpost of tyranny, a shout of acclamation and a hand of solidarity Is being raised for you and for us in Canada and for all of humanity you the truckers of Canada have said to our rulers enough and we have raised the glass with you and our trembling lips also cry with you enough you have said enough we will not have vaccine mandates for truckers for our airplanes for our trains for our right to be strong and free Canadians in this strong and free and beautiful land. And we cry with you, enough! You, our Canadian truckers for freedom, have said enough! We will not have inhuman and illegal vaccine mandates in our hospitals, in our schools, in our hockey rinks, in the places we eat in the places we gather with friends and lovers and families and we say with you, ENOUGH! You are heroes! Canadian Truckers for Freedom have said, ENOUGH! We will never allow you to lock us down again. Never! We are free! And we say with you, ENOUGH! You, are Canadian Truckers for Freedom, say to our tyrannical rulers, enough. Stop dividing us now. Stop making the vaccinated and unvaccinated us versus them. We are one people and we will be one nation, one family, one Canada. And we say with you enough. You are warriors for freedom say enough. Stop using our taxpayers money to muzzle doctors and censor the news. Stop! And we say with you, Stop! We, from taking back our freedoms, Canada, honor you. We salute you. We have your back. Canada has your back as you roll across this great nation. The roar you hear is from the sleeping lion called Canada that is now awake. And every roar of your trailer and truck will be met by the collective roar of Canada. We love you. We can never thank you enough. God bless you and Godspeed.
0: It's becoming painfully obvious to masses of the public that the mainstream media doesn't want you to know this is even happening. But that's not all they're hiding. Trucker convoys in Canada, massive protests through the streets of Europe, and large rallies in Washington, D.C., the widespread public protests voicing strong disagreement with government policies like vaccine mandates, are erupting across the entire world. They make up the largest protest movement in human history. They dwarf Black Lives Matter and so-called Woman's March by tens of millions. Over 50,000 truckers and one and a half million Canadians or more headed to Parliament in Ottawa demanding the resignation of Prime Minister Trudeau. The trucker convoy is so large, no single set of video recordings is capable of capturing it in its entirety. And that's why I've included links in today's broadcast notes to a variety of collected recordings for you to go ahead and look at when you have a chance. All the eyes of the world are on Canada. The Canadian trucker convoy to Ottawa of 2022 will be the first of other historic turning points God uses to awaken the millions who've been deceived by modern-day media prophets of deceit. My friend Brian at healthimpactnews.com posted a quick list of links to some of the citizen journalist reports posted from around the country. Take a peek at some of them when you get a chance at the link that's on the notes for today's program. If you want updated insight on current world news events that you're not getting from the highly censored MSM, would you like to check out a podcast from a committed Christian who's seen a lot of life as a retired Marine? His moniker is AWK. It stands for, and we know, as in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. His name is LT, and he's a citizen journalist who really knows how to scour the Internet for important content to help destroy vain speculations and high-sounding arguments raised against the knowledge of God. You might balk at some of the unpolished elements of his presentations, but a lot of believers have found here an honest and frank expression on a lot of issues they're not getting elsewhere. One of the best services AWK provides is the links to so many resources like vaxchoice.com, which has a vast amount of information on all sorts of things relevant to the pandemic. Reporting about the historic, massive, nationwide support of truckers across Canada descending on Canada's capital in Ottawa, and we know podcaster LT posted an update report titled Canada stirring emotions of the world, leaders are coming forward. Again, you can see the link for that at the notes for today's Reclaiming Your Legacy show at reclaimyourlegacy.com. Why is it important for Christ followers to be attentive to what's going on with the trucker's convoy? Do you think God might be using this colossal event to alert many people he's calling to himself to why so many people would be participating in this event? That would sure be something we could easily pray for, couldn't we? Like all of you, I was spiritually blind to many things before Jesus healed my disability and opened my spiritual eyes to the discernment of godly wisdom found in his word. None of us know the things we don't know. How will we ever escape from the paths of destructively dangerous and hidden deceptive potholes in the road of life if someone doesn't put some light on our pathway? Why would otherwise quiet citizens jump into the public fray by joining a freedom convoy? There are all kinds of reasons why over a million busy, law-abiding citizens at their own expense would stick their physical necks out into the dangerous storm of controversy. Can you think of a few? They not only want to express their opinion about unlawful government reactions and overactions over the citizens of their nation— They want to make it clear that they will not bend any further in capitulating to those who think they can demand worshipful obedience as if those tyrants were God. Natural rights are God-given rights. Common sense doesn't need scientific consensus to make it true. When the proverbial emperor has no clothes, then somebody with childlike observational skills and the courage of a faithful soldier has to stand up and refuse to bow. Am I right about that? We may live in what academics like to call postmodern or post-Christian era of history, but the politically incorrect foolish academics have been dead wrong for decades. We're seeing an awakening in this generation that will build upon and enlarge the awakening that birthed the first God-orchestrated constitutional republican nation in history. Freedom is not a gift from an earthly king, one who can take it away again. Freedom is a spiritual gift from the only wise and transcendent creator who sustains the entire universe and whose kingdom will never end. The freedom to live can only come from the giver of life, and it's not the government. The freedom of liberty to speak one's thoughts can only come from the one making it possible for us to think those thoughts. The freedom for humans to choose what they allow into their homes, their thoughts, and their bodies can only come from the Redeemer who gives His created beings the choice to accept or reject His wisdom and gift of eternal relationship with Him. The freedom to express God-fearing religious convictions can only come from the grace of the One who created such awe-inspiring wonders as the starry heavens and conscious ability to honestly worship. The one who made them. The freedom to peaceably assemble with other humans and petition their government to correct misguided grievances can only come from the one who commanded his assembled ecclesia of two or more of his faithful creatures to proclaim his kingdom and authority to the whole world. If we really believe that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every heart shall confess that he alone is Lord, Master, Sovereign over all, then don't we have an obligation to him to proclaim liberty throughout the land? Shouldn't we do as Proverbs twenty-four, eleven directs and deliver those who are being taken away to death and those who are staggering to slaughter? Shouldn't we call upon God in the day of trouble? Can't we trust in him to fulfill his promise to rescue us when we faithfully commit to honor him? the founders of our unique American nation, determined in cast bronze metal, the words on the liberty bell for a reason, You shall proclaim liberty throughout the land. It's written in the scripture given to Moses in Leviticus 25.10, And ye shall proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, God's amazing grace has led us as a nation. He's done it even through trials, trials that could have been avoided. How? Only if we, his people, had diligently hearkened unto him and faithfully done what we were commissioned to do. But God is always faithful. His prophet Malachi says, Return to me, and I'll return to you, saith the Lord of hosts. This epic and providentially orchestrated freedom convoy is a lawful assembly of rightfully indignant Canadian citizens. It's giving the world of true proclaimers of God's liberty the opportunity to step up to the spiritual battle. It's going to be won through prayer and the declaration of truth over evil powers that naturally-minded people aren't expected to understand. As common-sense citizens rise to the occasion to support the rally cry for freedom and sovereignty over their own bodies, what else happens? I'll tell you in the bonus segment of today's show, but first, I think you'll like hearing another four-minute clip from LT's AWK post on the 29th of January, showing Virginia State Republican Rep. Nick Freitas speaking to his
2: legislature recently. There are folks that are coming up in leadership positions, and we need more of this today. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Um, I, I was asked by a colleague of mine on the other side of the aisle, someone I actually deeply respect, and she asked me... Uh, was I going to be nice this session? And I, I thought it was an interesting question. I don't particularly think of myself as a uh, an unnice person, but I can see how sometimes people would see that differently. But you know what? I've never done, Mr. Speaker. I've never got on this floor, and I've challenged the faith of an elected official because I disagreed with them on policy. I've never got on this floor, Mr. Speaker, and suggested that the other side of the way- aisle were racist because they didn't agree with my particular policy positions. I've never suggested they were sexist because they didn't agree with my particular policy positions. But I'm keeping a running tally so far of this session, we're not very far into it, and almost every day, almost every day, someone on the other side of the aisle either gets up and either subtly, or comes right out and suggests that if you don't agree with them on policy, well then you're not a Christian, you're a sexist, you're a bigot, you're a racist. But the moment... Someone actually stands up and says, wait a second, no, I'm not going to accept that. If you want to debate me on the merits of our particular policies, I am happy to have that discussion. But the moment you claim, with no evidence other than we don't agree on a particular policy position, the moment you claim that that makes us racist or sexist or bigoted, Mr. Speaker, I've got news. This was tried during the election cycle. You had a lot of parents coming to their local elected officials asking questions about what was going on in their schools. And the initial response was, oh, it's not there. And then when they saw evidence that it was, based off of what their kids were coming home and saying to them, and they went back and reissued the concern, then they got told, oh, well, then you must be a racist. Because that has been the repeated narrative coming from certain members of the other side of the aisle. And there's been a lot of times we've sat here politely and just took it. Mr. Speaker, not this time. I'm tired of it, my constituents are tired of it. Because when these claims are made, they're not just made against Governor Youngkin, they're not just made against us, they're made in part against the people that elected to send us here. And I don't know a single person in this chamber that I would define as racist or sexist or bigoted. We have very different ideas about how to get to particular end states where all Virginians can be happy, healthy, prosperous, and free, but just So I'm very clear. Will I be nice this session? I would certainly like to be, but I'm not about to sit here and listen to that, Mr. Speaker. And then go home to my constituents and have them ask me, why didn't you stand up and defend us? So let's have a robust policy discussion. But if you're going to question the faith or the intentions of anybody that happens to disagree with you on policy, then you don't get to lecture us on compassion, tolerance, or an open debate. Thank you, Mr. Speaker.
1: That
0: is what King Solomon was talking about when he wrote, The wicked run away when no one is chasing them, but the godly are as bold as lions. When there is moral rot within a nation, its government topples easily. But wise and knowledgeable leaders bring stability. A poor person who oppresses the poor is like a pounding rain that destroys the crops. To reject the law is to praise the wicked, to obey the law is to fight them. Evil people don't understand justice. But those who follow the Lord understand completely. As always, King Solomon declares some important wisdom for us all to apply today to give us guidance for prayer and action so that we can encourage others to have hope. And it would do well for us all to take heed to that and apply it, like that state representative from Virginia was applying it face-to-face with his adversaries. Indeed, God's righteous servants are as bold as lions. And while evil people don't understand God's justice, those who follow the Lord understand completely. So let's all learn from this and boldly, prayerfully, and faithfully share these treasures with others as God gives us providential opportunities. Until next time, use the links at reclaimyourlegacy.com. And thanks for joining me. This is Dennis Peterson and I look forward to being with you next time. Now let's think about how else God can use this growing public peaceful declaration of resistance to unlawful and uncalled-for medical tyranny coming from corrupted government despots. With the free-flowing exchange of ideas, the public discussion inevitably enlarges. More and more people discover logical, technical validity for rejecting misguided mandates. And don't forget that common sense doesn't need scientific consensus to make it true. They discover that masks were never effective at limiting susceptibility to contracting a virus. They discover that prolonged wearing of masks actually produces direct causes of a variety of illness. See many reasons at MasksAreDangerous.com, like why surgeons actually do not wear masks for hours, and why that assumption is misguided. You can see the link for that information at the notes for today's Reclaiming Your Legacy program at reclaimyourlegacy.com. Quoting from that essay, Dr. Nate Semmelweis wrote, Given that hospital-acquired infections are a leading cause of death in the developed world, it may be time to stop doing things for imaginary reasons or tradition and start walking the walk of real discipline and real science. That would require thought, research, and the willingness to admit we're wrong. The word science has been hijacked, abused, manipulated, and weaponized for the dominant and controlling drug culture to profit from. Social engineering of humanity today assures that science propels certain political ideals rather than the true foundations of health in the world. Knowing that mask wearing is dangerous and unscientific, Yet most of society goes along with it for compassion, altruism, fear, or any emotionally generated ideal and not science. And that's what should, at the very least, provoke cognitive dissonance. See how oxygen deprivation is affecting people worldwide. Get the link at the notes for today's program. Coming out of cognitive dissonance is connecting the dots, it's waking up from a dreamlike unreality. Another big light bulb going on is realizing that the mainstream media is lying to us. They get away with it because 70% of their income is from big pharma ads. Those slick ads are designed to constantly propagandize Johnny Q. public into believing that synthetic drugs developed by petroleum-based chemical companies are the gold standard solution to health problems. In the journey to this discovery, millions are finding simple, proven, often natural remedies for all kinds of health challenges. Another shocker is finding out that the CDC's own system for reporting adverse, that is harmful and deadly, effects from authorized injections, falsely labeled as vaccines, actually have injured over a million people in the last year and killed over 20,000. Because the reporting system is woefully underused, even the corrupted bureaucracy knows the actual numbers are at least 10 times that. Some believe 40 times that. Is it any wonder why millions of citizens who are actually looking at the credible and honest reports are so grateful that valid legal cases are being developed with enormous mountains of evidence that genocidal crimes against humanity have been committed by economically corrupted leaders from many nations and many companies. The number of cancer diagnoses in the military's DMED system went from a five-year average from 2016 to 2020 of 38,700 per year to, get this, 114,645 in the first 11 months of 2021. This is a predominantly young population. See the report for that and learn this is an act of war thanks to COVID vaccines. The military's cancer rate has more than tripled. Attorney Thomas Renz presented to Senator Ron Johnson's COVID whistleblower panel discussion just last week in Washington, D.C., that they found military statistics for an alarming increase in neurological problems among their troops. He said so, neurological issues, which would affect our pilots, over a thousand percent increased. A thousand. Senator Johnson then interjected, ten times? That's ten times the rate. Eighty two thousand per year. That was the rate in the past, to eight. Hundred and sixty-three thousand in one year Renz continued our soldiers are being experimented on injured and sometimes possibly killed since the corporate-backed media will never report on any of this it's up to you and others like you to share it with anyone who might be willing to listen the full COVID-19 A Second Opinion Roundtable hearing with Senator Ron Johnson was recorded at the Washington, D.C. Senate Building on January 24, 2022. See it at the link that's in the notes for the extended portion of today's program at reclaimyourlegacy.com. Excerpts from that roundtable hearing are also at the links that are there at reclaimyourlegacy.com. If you want to do more research on these topics, I recommend that you also go and look at the link called genocide.news. The AWK report that I mentioned earlier in today's program also featured a report from the military's Defense Medical Epidemiology Database, that's the DMED, showing the alarming rates of various diseases skyrocketing among military personnel in the one year since the COVID-19 inoculations began. Compared to the averages of each disease incidence over the previous five years, the increases are as follows. Heart attacks increased 269% in one year. Pericarditis, 175%. Myocarditis, 285%. Pulmonary embolisms, 467% increase in one year. Cerebral infarction, 393% increase. Bell's palsy, 319% increase. Guillain-Barre or Guillain-Barre. 250 percent increase. Immunodeficiencies, 275 percent. Menstrual irregularity, 476 percent. Multiple sclerosis, 487 percent increase in one year. Miscarriages, 306 percent. HIV, 590 percent increase in cases among all military, all across the military. In one year, 590% increase of HIV, chest pain, 1,529%, labored breathing, 905%. Also included in that AWK report was a short clip of Dr. Ben Marble, MD, for MyFreeDoctor.com, speaking before the Senate panel with Senator Ron Johnson. He reported after serving over 150,000 telemedicine patients nationwide, helping them access therapeutic treatments, that a success rate of 99.99% has proven that early treatment works, period. Well, these are the kinds of things that you can find all sorts of places on the internet with very good, reputable sources to be able to help people understand what they are being prevented from hearing in the mainstream media and why this is such an egregious assault on humanity. Why we need to be praying. Why we need to be fervently involved in helping others to discover what's really going on. Well, again, we could go on, but this is enough for today, and I look forward to again being with you next time.